0: This meeting is being recorded.
1: Good morning, everybody. Today is Saturday, July 17th. That's my birthday. Today is Saturday, September 17th, 2022. You are watching or listening to another edition of Forward Maryland. And at 55 and one-sixth years old, my name is Bill Woodcock.
0: And I'm Steve Hunt. And my birthday is not July 17th. So. No mistakes there. That might be a good thing. Uh,
1: Steve, it has been a long three weeks. Uh, we're going to get to it in today's podcast. I'm going to explain why after we have our witty repartee. But uh, what's been the highlight of your three weeks off?
0: Wow. There's been a, there's been a lot um, in, in very local in terms of hyper-local in terms of my house. My, my son, the first week of school, decided, huh, think I'll play football mind you, he's Woo. never played football in his life. So this, he is now right now playing two sports on three teams. And, uh, my calendar I think is smoking and smoldering from me trying to keep up with all this stuff. My wife and I, I, I of course, cause she is part of the team as well, but, uh, that's really been the highlight. And, um, you know, I've got a, a senior, I've got a freshman, so there's been a lot of local shakings going on, uh, but certainly I've been watching a whole lot of news because it's been fast and furious, hot and heavy. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's like a tennis match or getting a case of whiplash, keeping up with all the uh, turns of events that we've had. Um, and by the way, I, we'll start with one. Um, actually, I have to un- you go ahead and talk. I'm gonna un. Okay. Well. Well. Oh, wait, yeah. Well. Thank you for
1: asking me. You were gonna like go into the first topic and not even ask me about my time. I see how that works.
0: But, okay.
1: But but uh, but it was it was a it was also a, a terrific time and uh, you know went to um, you know went to a good concert saw Sting at Wolf Trap. Um, oh, he's good. So that was fantastic. i have never seen him before. And, you know, I was not a police fan when I was a teenager. So, um, you know, uh, it was cool to see him. And, yes. um, you know, done a, a, a number of other uh, fun things, um, you know, uh, enjoying the beginning of the Raven season, uh, mm-hmm. been working very hard because that's lots of fun, uh, because end of the fiscal year, for those of us who uh, work with government funding. And uh, it's really been a uh, – it's been a good last few weeks. Um, I have to say I've, I've missed this a little bit and, you know, missed, uh, you know, some socializing with friends and with people who are close to me. Um, but also uh, it has been a very, very newsworthy three weeks. And I believe we wanted to start off at the same place. Um, yep. You know – did
0: uh, the- I, I say, Bill, that uh, Mr. Sumner, a.k.a. Sting – His post-police work is vastly underrated. His his stuff, it's almost like comparing, well, maybe not a direct comparison because I don't want to get crushed for this, but it's almost like comparing McCartney's post-Beatles work with his Beatles stuff. Uh, Sting's post-police stuff is really good.
1: Okay, so, all right. So if we're going there, let me expound upon that because you are absolutely correct. I mean, I kind of expected it to be half and half police and his own, but it was mostly his own. And it wasn't from like the first couple of albums when he went on his own. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a lot of the more recent stuff, the stuff that's more introspective, the stuff that's more Mm -hmm. honest and humble. And it was really a pleasure and it was good to see him because, you know, I I saw another band I like psychedelic furs actually on Mm -hmm. my birthday Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's an L.A. band and, and, you know, there they are at 70 years old plus and they're reeking of arrogance. I mean, they're playing pretty and pink and are all strutting around and, you know, like they're 30 years old again. And that was just crap. Mm-hmm. Um, Sting was bringing the humility and bringing the the uh, the wisdom of somebody who's had a long and storied career, done a lot of things. Maybe that they were all the best choices at the time, but he did them. And he's he's happy for who he is. Also, his son, Joe, uh, oh. was one of the opening acts. And oh. Joe sounds exactly like his father. He's about 45. Uh, Sting's, I think, 73 mm-hmm. and looks like Woody Harrelson. So, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, and he and he came out during Sting's set to sing a couple of songs with his father. And, and that went, that was really great. So yeah, very worthwhile experience. Great time with, with really good friends. Um, and, and I couldn't have been happier and it is, it is in the, uh, nation of, of Mr. Sumners and my heritage that I think we start this podcast. Um, first off, I do want to mention, um, Len Foxwell had to cancel at the last minute for today, so uh, we'll we'll reschedule Len for another time for our discussion on ranked choice voting. But uh, where we want to start today, while we're talking about the three weeks that have gone on, is with the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. Um, cannot say untimely passing. Uh Her Highness was Her Majesty was was 96 years old, had a uh full and and incredible life. Uh the world will never see her kind again. Mm-hmm. Uh I went uh with a very close friend of mine to a royal jubilee party that a meetup group in DC was having back in June. And uh, you know, my friend is is English. And uh, you know, she, she took me to meet a lot of her friends. And um it was it was uh, amazing to me the reverence that Britons have for, for the Queen. Mm-hmm. Um there is nothing like it in America. Uh there's no way you could say a, a president or a movie star or a war hero, an astronaut. Uh, could ever a sport, an athlete could ever approach the popularity and reverence of the monarch of England, and especially this queen. And, uh, you know, I I admit, I mean, you know, I'm not the biggest royal watcher, but I've Mm -hmm. cried over the past week or so. And I'm sure I'm going to do so again, come Monday.
0: Well, a couple of things. One, I, you know, in honor of Her Majesty, I have this mug. Um, friends of mine, actually, before the Queen's passing, they were in London to watch the uh, Foo Fighters tribute concert. And if anybody, if you have not seen the clip of the son of the late Taylor Hawkins playing drums on Hero, um, go to YouTube and, and, and find it. And you, you will tear up watching that, whether you're a Foo Fighters fan or not. It's, it's, it's pretty damn amazing. But, you know, when I was thinking about, the her, you know, Her Majesty – um, and, and you're right, we're not going to see that ever again, because she was 25 or 26 when she um, you know, was crowned monarch. And I was doing some quick math a couple of days ago. And if you you think about Charles, uh, King Charles now is 74 years old. If he goes as long as in terms of life, and obviously he's got a good gene pool there with you know, Prince Philip and Queen Elizabeth, say he goes 96, 97. So that's another You know, 20 plus years. William is already in his 40s. So now he's laying 60 by the time he becomes king. Say he goes as long as Elizabeth and, you know, he goes, you know, um, into his 90s. So you add Charles's 20, you add his 30, that puts his son, uh, uh, what would be King William's son, probably pushing 60. So you're only looking at maybe 30 years there. Queen Elizabeth went 70. So, so just, so you, just you in terms of a scale of, of what that means and how damn near impossible it is, you know, th- there could be the next three monarchs that might not go combined as long as Elizabeth did. I mean, that's just yeah. mind blowing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, she was the longest reigning monarch, not just in British history or European Mm -hmm. history. But if if I've I've read the facts right on the internet, and of course, those are never wrong. uh, (laughs) World history, uh, at least that can be recorded and verified. So um, incredible. And, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's cool to think of it like that in terms of math and years and, you know, looking at King George. I mean, I mean the future King George as a, as, a, as a toddler and now as a small right. child, you know, we will be long gone in dust uh, before right. he rises to the throne. But, uh, you know, the, the, the interesting thing to think about, and, and I want to wrap up on this point and then we need to move on. is, Mm. is, you know, will uh, King Charles and future monarchs have, you know, will they be revered the same? And I'm actually of the opinion that they will. The monarchy, Mm. I think, is still very relevant in British culture and life. And, uh, you know, we Americans just don't have the same uh, grasp. We just simply don't. Um, but, but, uh, your majesty, uh, from your cousin, Mr. Woodcock in Columbia, Maryland, um, Mm -hmm. Godspeed and long live the King. All right, Steve, on to affairs here on this side of the pond.
0: You you Uh, mean the the place where we went to war twice to not sweat the monarchy, right? (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, you know, Although we still do anyway, if you look at the the, the viewership for Charles and Diana's wedding and and Diana's funeral and soon to be this one, it seems like for all the smack that we Yanks have talked about England, we damn sure will tune in. (laughs) We damn
1: sure. Well, you know what? The whole special relationship thing, we could really, I mean, we could really exhaust a a lot of stuff on, but I'm trying not to go there because our time is limited and we have a lot of other things to talk about. (laughs) So so next item of business is the ever weaving web, maybe tightening snare uh, around former President Donald Trump. Uh, Of course, in the last three weeks, the the news broke about the seizure of classified documents that were stored at Mar-a-Lago uh, of course, I believe the news actually broke uh, before our last podcast. Yeah. But in the last few weeks, I mean, the depth and the detail of the of these documents have been explored. Uh, the January 6th Commission has has reconvened, and so far, their charge is still just to look at January 6th. You know, not to look at any of these because the Department of Justice is looking at these and are mm-hmm. looking at possible. Uh, indictments up to and including uh, that of the former president. Now, these documents uh, contain uh, high level, high security level information, including the names and, and uh, identities of known US agents in, in wonderful countries such as Russia and China.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, as I've said before, these cannot be souvenirs. Um, you know, And why were they taken? Steve when, when when i mean it looks like we're into some sort of a mid to end game on this whole concept of holding the former president accountable for actions you think it'll happen when how from what angle how, what do you see going on here
0: you know the only complication i see to all of this is there's so much of it i mean even the jan 6 committee um, you know, I, I saw an inter- well interviews with both uh, Chair Thompson and Vice Chair Cheney, and, and they're saying, you know, stuff's still coming in. By the way, Mark Meadows just, you know, responded to a subpoena. He's now going to be talking. And I, I just wonder if there's so much that, it, you know, there's not just one thing to lock in. Although the mar lago documents, you want to talk about a smoking gun. That ain't smoking. That's a raging fire, okay? That, that, in terms of the Justice, Justice Department and Merrick Garland, that should be it. There, there should absolutely be an indictment there because of the nature and, and, and volume of documents. you know. But that's a Justice Department thing. You also have the Jan 6. I know they're going to have a hearing, I think, the 28th. Um, they are pressing to get their report out by the end of the year because obviously if, if the House of Representatives flips, that's going to be the end of the Jan 6 committee anyway. Um, that, that's the only thing, Bill, I really worry about is that there is so much stuff. Um, every time you – like you said, just the last three weeks, the volume of material and revelation, it it's, 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 is mind-blowing. And, and can justice get their arms around all of this to be able to lay down an indictment? I, I think they should just focus on the Mar-a-Lago documents and be done with it because the rest of it just is going to make their heads explode.
1: Yeah. I mean, there are different investigations. I mean, there's the Justice Department with the Mar-a-Lago stuff. There's January 6th. Um, the, the investigation in New York uh, seems to be kind of puttering and pittering. Yeah. The yeah. investigation. But it's still there. The investigation in Georgia. Uh, uh, yeah. That lady seems to be bringing it strong. The Atlanta Fulton sure. County D.A., uh, yep. So there are no fewer than four going on around this guy. And um, I don't know, uh, Steve, I don't know if you saw that uh, golf outing last weekend at yeah. Trump National Virginia. in D.C. with those <laughs> nine people, including the yeah. former president standing on at a tee box, no golf clubs in hand,
0: nope. uh, just
1: <laughs> sitting there talking. And it was yeah. like the rogues gallery was there. Um, yeah. That, wasn't shady at all, where no recording <laughs> devices, microphones, yeah. anything yeah. could pick up what was being said. I'm sure that was just a real nice, you know, I'm it was a prayer meeting. That's what I'm yeah. sure it was. I'm sure it was a prayer meeting. Uh, it should have been yeah. a prayer meeting. But somewhere sometime soon, I think something's got to hit the fan, uh, because one. They're the preponderance of evidence just yeah. all the way around. And January 6th and Mar-a-Lago being the two leading indicators of that, right? And then the other thing is time is a factor here uh, yeah. because, I mean, and he could do this anyway, but when mm-hmm. and if he announces he's running for president again, Trump could say this is illegal, witch hunt. You know, I'm a candidate for president. You know, I'm a former president. I'm not above the law. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm above the law. He might do that anyway, but I think yep. it is important for law-enforcing entities right. to get out in front of this because you know the Trump playbook is to obfuscate, delay, put it on the other guy, and just bullshit.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. I think Trump's good. Well, I, I was convinced that Trump was going to run for president anyway, but I, I'm even more convinced now because I think you're absolutely right, Bill. I think that he will run as a play to try to shut down any investigations. Obviously, Jan 6 may be shut down anyway because of the the, the change in Congress. Um but uh, I, I think he also might try to do it to shut down Georgia and, and the Justice Department. So I, I think he's going to run. The only other thing I would say as far as this situation is, I, I would not be surprised to see the next raid happen in Bedminster, New Jersey, because there was the image of documents being or boxes being put on a plane for New Jersey, and you know, and it was in the middle of all the back and forth between, you know, the the former presidents team and archives. Um I, I think there's some stuff there. Uh hell there might be some stuff in Virginia. I I, I would not be surprised to see raids certainly Bedminster, but maybe even um uh, Virginia where the infamous photo of uh Trump and his uh <laughs> cronies was taken. Yeah. All the and, golf course no gear. That was pretty funny. And his Legion of Doom. I mean I think there was <laughs> one cart. That was it. I yeah. Mean,
1: did the beverage girl come by? Did she like ask if anyone needed a hot dog? I mean, <laughs> what was going on? Uh, I, I'm just going to say this. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that the, net, the nation gets a Christmas present of a Trump indictment. That would yes. be beautiful. Yes, it would. On the other side of the coin on the federal mm-hmm. front, uh, Democrats are buoyed. Gas, mm-hmm. gas prices are down. The Inflation Reduction Act was passed. Joe Biden's popularity is up, although he's still underwater. Um, Democrats are feeling much better about their chances to retake the Senate, especially with Republicans nominating a lot of election deniers who are fumbling poorly on the campaign trail from Arizona to Georgia to Ohio um to now the latest being in New Hampshire and um and and uh, the the talk is now that that the loss in the house is still projected to go republican but not by as many seats as one may have thought instead of 20 or 30 perhaps as few as 5 Steve mm-hmm. do you think that uh I think the democrats are going to be able to sustain this through November which is The election's only uh, 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 about uh, 50 days away.
0: Yeah, I I think they can. I think they can. um, And I think there are three factors that that go into this. One, uh, and Mitch McConnell himself talked about candidate quality. So even old Mitch gets it. And I'm not surprised that he does because I don't know about you, Bill, but this on the Senate side feels a lot like the 2010s where the Republicans got the Senate back in 14, but they should have got it back in 10. They definitely should have got it back in 12, but they were running the Christine O'Donnells, the Sharon Angles, the Todd Akins. I could go on. I'm, I'm sure you could as well. Um, and this feels like that with you know, your J.D. Vance, your Mehmet Oz, your Herschel Walker, your uh, Blake Masters. Um, they're running really god-awful candidates, and Democrats are and, and just in New Hampshire this past week. The primary was won both on the Senate and the House side by people who the Republican Party of D.C. did not want. Um, uh, So Dems may hold on to two seats in New Hampshire that should be flipped or should be really in in danger of being flipped. So I think that's one thing, uh, candidate quality. The other thing that has aided and abetted the effort of the Democratic Party, and I never thought I'd ever say this statement, is the Republicans are totally unhinged and undisciplined. The, The one thing I've always said out of respect even if it was grudgingly is that the message discipline on the part of the Republican party has always been on point. They, they circle the wagons, they get together, they have a unified message. It's crisp, it's clean. You understand it. And they beat the crap out of Democrats with it. Debs have always been the wild, wild West. And that's one of the things I love about our party is that it does get wild and crazy. Sometimes it keeps it fun. It keeps it interesting. Republicans like, like Democrats, they are like locked and loaded. I mean, on, on, on you know, stuff with Post Row on the abortion issue. Um, you know, Biden has learned, and I know it drives the Obama people crazy, but lessons from Obama, he is out there selling his programs and he and his administration are telling people, this is what it means to you. Dems are as disciplined as I've ever seen them. I, I've And Republicans are just totally, you know, when you've got Rick Scott just going to a microphone and saying, oh, here's our new plan that, you know, wipes out, Or threats to wipe out Social Security and Medicare. And then Lindsey Graham this past week decides, oh, I'm just gonna pass, you know, propose a national abortion ban. And you know, Mitch McConnell, you can tell (laughs) he is not having fun right now because the inmates are running the asylum and his ironclad control ain't there. So I think that yes, it can be sustained because I think, I think the conditions on the economy are are at least trending up. Biden's numbers are trending up. Dems are disciplined and Republicans are totally out of control right now. So, yes, is my short answer. Bill, what do you think about all that? I know I threw a lot out there. (laughs) Steve, you
1: know, uh, back in the 90s, there was this great TV show called The X-Files. And I believe one of the taglines was, I want to believe. And that's where I am with this. I want to believe everything you just said as I was receiving it. I was thinking about, you know, this is Democrat, this is Republicans acting as effed up as Democrats have done for the last 30 years. And it's gorgeous. Every (laughs) single one of them is going off the rails. The ones who are sensible and still within the party are going, oh heavens. And, and, and Democrats are actually, you know, running in a line and, you know, next, the next issue is to talk about Maryland. I mean, you look in Maryland, you know, with, with our gubernatorial candidate, Wes Moore, you don't see any of that drama that went on four years ago and eight years ago uh, okay. with Ben Jealous and Anthony Brown, a party fracture. no. Democrats are actually keeping their eye on the prize. And thank God it took the prize to be democracy, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, civility, women's rights, um, you know, a kind society for Democrats to wake up and smell the smell the Ovaltine. But, wow, I love seeing these Republicans blow up and they're just seeping. They're leaking oil. Um, you yeah, know absolutely. they're, they're spitting blue smoke in turn three. Can <laughs> Lindsey Graham make it into the pit? Who knows? The caution is out, uh, yeah. and 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 you know all of this avarice um, is finally going to come back and bite these guys. Oh, if only Ted Cruz were running again. However, we still have fifty days. Yep. There. The economy, economic indicators are positive and unemployment is, you know, extraordinarily low. I think we just passed uh, where we've gotten all the jobs back that were lost during the pandemic. That's big. But, but inflation is still high, you know, eight, nine percent. October has generally not been a great time for this institution called the stock market. And the stock market dropped 1,300 points one day last week upon the rumor that the Fed was going to increase interest rates again, which incidentally was not a surprise that it was going to do it. So there is a lot of volatility there. Um, And so I can't necessarily say that, that it's in the bag. Also, oh, gosh.
0: the
1: thing no. I God. read just minutes before we came on the air, the Ukraine, or Ukraine. Hmm. It looks like all the investment that has been made in the Ukraine, in, in, the, in the Ukraine war, is paying off. Uh, yep. Ukraine has Russia on its heels. Uh, Russia is getting desperate. Putin is, is facing internal calls for maybe uh, a change at the top. Uh, But yet, I just saw on Reddit where uh, the president said, uh, has cautioned President Putin to not use nuclear weapons. That And he said, don't, Mm -hmm. don't, just don't. Um, That the president of the United States has to say in public to the president of of the Russian Federation, don't use nuclear weapons. Uh, I don't know what that says, but I'm not sure it's good. And yeah. that is that is another situation that could become, uh, I'm sorry to say this, unprecedented yeah. uh, within the next six weeks. And, you know, there will be much bigger implications should we go there than politics and an election, but looking at it from a political lens... One can't imagine that's a good sign.
0: No, I don't think so either. And, and and by the way, Putin is definitely getting desperate because he just had a meeting with uh, Xi Jinping of China, and she was pretty much like, "We friends and all, but we ain't that kind of friends." Uh, I mean, it, it, the support was like so tepid; it was not funny. It was not. Hey, we're buddies. We're peeps. You know, what, what do you need, man? I'll, I'll give you some weapons. I'll give you some, 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 uh, troops, you know, what, what do you need, lad? You know, I got your back. It was none of that. It was just like, yeah, we're friends. We're cool. It, 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 it right. was, right. It, it, it was, it was not a ringing support of this effort that is going south. So I think you're right. I mean, he is, uh, extraordinarily desperate. And I, yeah. I, I don't know what and, and with winter now uh really taking hold in, in Ukraine, I don't think, you know, most military experts are saying there's not gonna be much ground war. So it could be missile strikes and those missiles could be nuclear if he gets desperate enough. So you're right. I agree absolutely
1: right. Yeah, yeah. So we shall see on to maybe a little bit more rosier topic I kind of started to foreshadow this um, in the great state of maryland uh Democrats are also looking good uh Westmore is uh, there i have not seen much in the way of published polls um in terms of the gubernatorial race um, but westmore is is by all uh in measures that I've been hearing in scuttlebutt Uh, ahead. Of course, those scuttlebutt are from blue sources, so who knows? Um, You know, Dan Cox, the Republican nominee, is sticking true to brand, which, uh, you know, can't seem to help. Um, You know, it seems like the most visible Mr. Cox has been has been in safely Republican territory, except for some Dan Cox supporters who wave Maryland flags and his banner. Uh, over 495 on some evenings, um, which you know is just illegal and stupid and dangerous and and silly. Um, so uh, with about six weeks to go, um, it looks like it's going to be maybe not a blue wave, certainly a blue tide in Maryland. Uh, Steve, what are your thoughts?
0: Well, I, I think you're right, and, and this this election. Um, is definitely trending blue in, in the state of Maryland, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier with discipline on the party sides. I mean, immediately after the not, the primary was over, there was a gathering. I believe it was over in Montgomery County of all the Democratic leadership, uh, several county executives and candidates. I believe our executive from Howard County was over there. Um, you know, basically all you know, putting their arms around Westmore and Aruna Miller, saying, "We got you." Um, you have not seen a similar thing out of, of Delegate Cox. Um, in fact, you've seen more people running away from him. Barry Glassman was very quick to say, nope, um, not with this guy. Uh, so the, the discipline on the Dem side, again, um, I mean, you know Maryland politics better than I do, has been stunning that they have been on point, on message. I've not seen any friction. I've not seen any crazy statements from you know, this candidate or that elected Meanwhile, on the Republican side, it seems like every day you see something out of Cox's running mate, out of the attorney general candidate. And you can see the sense of desperation on the part of the Cox campaign, despite, you know, remember they touted and hailed bringing in Bob Ehrlich. He was going to be their special consultant or something or another. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, It still doesn't change the name on the top of the ticket, guys. Um, But, you know, this week he. I believe the cost campaign sued the state of Maryland to stop the early counting of mail-in ballots. Um, you know, there was, there was a, there's an attempt to, I guess the board of elections said, Hey, can we count mail-in ballots before the election? So we are more Florida than we are Pennsylvania and Cox has sued to stop it. And I personally believe that that is a desperation move on the part of the campaign, hoping they win election day. And then they could claim rigged election after all the mail-ins get counted and you know they lose by you know ten points. So there's already desperation there. Um, you don't make that move unless you're trying to set up something. So yeah.
1: Uh, on, on the, and last point on this, to your point about you know they're all fracturing and scurrying on the federal side, on the state side, I, I can re- I recall I think it was week before last. The uh, Mm -hmm. minority leadership in the House of in the uh, House of Delegates and the state Senate both came out to say, uh, we're not we're not going to go out and campaign Mm -hmm. for any of the statewide Republicans. Wow. Uh, You know, and I think uh, Barry Glassman, the the Republican candidate for controller, showed up at a Westmore event in Harford County. So, yeah, (laughs) So those rats are jumping off the ship. And but oh, the course, they're swimming into a waterfall. So so I adore that. Steve, uh to wrap us up, I believe you wanted to bring something up about Howard County politics. Since we're going, you know, celestial, global, uh-huh. national, state. Was there I, I thought in I thought in our very brief free show there was a county thing you wanted to talk about.
0: Um, you know, there's not really anything burning, but as far as I would say the the county executive race, I think that seems to be trending along with the rest of the state of Maryland. Um, you know, I, I you know, I thought we could have a barn burner on our hands, but I think it just to me it just feels like it's trending uh towards towards Killman uh losing to Calvin Ball. Sorry, I need to correct myself. Trending <laughs> towards county executive Calvin Ball winning over former county executive Alan Killman. Um, I just look at the the you know, really if you look at it district by district, the path for for the former county executive Kittleman is so narrow. I mean, he drew an inside straight in 2014. I think he'd have to draw, you know, royal flush this time around. Um and, and I've just not heard anything, it, it just doesn't feel like a campaign that has a winning message. I think the other guy sucks just to me doesn't resonate. Um, interestingly enough, Larry Hogan is not campaigning for uh, Dan Cosby's damn sure cutting commercials for one Alan Kittleman. Um, I, I know you had seen those before I started seeing them this week, but I just think it's trending uh, towards the county executive, uh, Dr. Ball, holding onto a seat. Um, Bill, what are you seeing with our very local uh, race here in Howard County? Well, um,
1: I see the same thing. And I'm gonna talk about what we were gonna talk about on the pre-show a little bit. Um, what What I'm perceiving is that, you know, Howard County has always been very much against negative campaigning. And yet that's been all Alan Kittleman has done. Now, Alan Kittleman normally does a couple things. He normally hides his negative campaigning behind this all shucks demeanor of, well, I'm just a regular guy, and I just want, you know, a good government and and all that. And at the same time, um, you know, he goes, well, you know, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. And, you know, he brings up these specters of doubt. Um, (laughs) The Ball administration has not been spotless, um, but I do believe that this electorate is very sensitive to negative campaigning, and then when you have the the statewide Republican candidates just out there spewing craziness, and that permeates down through the state legislative, county council, all the other levels, um, you know, people are going to say, I don't want to be part of this. I don't want to go for this. Proven independent leader, my ass, he's acting just like the rest of them. And, and, they'll, and they'll either not vote or they'll vote for, for uh, county executive ball. So I would say, whereas I would say four or five months ago, it was maybe, you know, I wouldn't say it would have said toss up, but I would have said 55 to 60 percent chance of ball re-election. I think that's up past 80 percent now.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. And you, you, you said something, two words that I think people need to pay attention to, and that's not vote. And for Republicans in Maryland, I think that's why you see so many of these other candidates not at the top of the ticket, well, except for you know, Barry Glassman, trying so hard to convince Republicans in Maryland to hang in there and, you know, get out there for me for comptroller or, you know, get out there for me for county executive or state legislature. You know, Republicans in Howard County, what do they have that gets them excited uh, you know, forget about independence. But what do Republicans have in Howard County to get them excited? Uh, you know, saving Trent Kittleman in uh, you know 9A. Uh, saving maybe, Trent Kittleman. You know, maybe, maybe you know, maybe you know, flipping the Board of Ed by by electing you know two candidates that are clearly to the right of of center um, in terms of uh, you know Dr. Chen and 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 Ms. Adler. Uh, I mean, uh, there's no county council race. You know, there's no there's no any, there's no other race that or or any of the state legislative races outside of maybe 9A. Um, what gets him excited? I, I think you could be looking at a depressed electorate. It, it's already going to be down because it's a gubernatorial year. And I don't think there's anything that gets Republicans fired up. So I think your point about not voting is. A big thing and a big possibility that that will also assist Calvin Ball and Democrats in being successful uh, locally and statewide, quite frankly, unless you're in a blood red district.
1: Yeah. And, and the last piece I'm going to say on this is that, you know, again, on the local and state level, democratic candidates are running really well. I mean, if we are looking in Howard County, Chow Wu and Natalie Ziegler are running together and pretty well in district nine a Courtney Watson yep. is going to put a whooping on, the, four, on uh, the her opponent, whose name I will not even mention, um, because who knows what might come after that. Um, you know, and then we have the Team 12 and the Team 13 slates. Um, yep. Howard County's going to, I mean, Democrats are going to do great here. I mean, all of the uh, Democrats are, are going to win re-election to the council. Uh, It would be nice to see more support from establishment Democrats to the candidate in district five, Joan Pontius, David Youngman should not be reelected, but you know, I disagree with the reasons why that is. Um, So I think it's going to be a very successful election for Democrats. locally.
0: Yeah. I think the only, the only losses I could even think about seeing uh, to your point would be Youngman I think will get reelected. I think that has, there's a lot, there's some inside baseball on that one, but you're right. The support is not there for for Joan Pontius. And, you know, maybe Kittleman, uh, Trent Kittleman, that is, finds a way to hold on to her seat in 9A and maybe only one of those two seats flips. Um, they're certainly Republicans, are certainly not holding on to both of them. Uh, Natalie Ziegler will win one of them. It's just a question of, you know, can Chow Wu uh, ride that and his own support to take, you know, to get past uh, Kittleman with this new district? So, you know we could be looking at you know one republican in howard county in david youngman as far as an elected official i would not at all be surprised to see that scenario and that and where, where they and where the howard county republican party goes from here i have no flipping idea because i think it's already a mess and there's no white knight out there riding in just to, to you know turn 26 into better and brighter days at least not nobody i know of <laughs>
1: Not unless they get out a Ouija board and find Chuck Ecker. <laughs> yeah, really. So you know the sound of. Wait a minute, is that Greg Fox's music?
0: <laughs> no, that's
1: no. that dog ain't gonna hunt. No, these that's mid card talent at best. Yeah. So, Steve, we have now come to a close of another raucous edition of this fine podcast production, created in about eight seconds. So, <laughs> yeah. any final
0: thoughts on your side? Uh, no thoughts. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, if anybody doesn't think we can't do it on the fly, uh, you should have seen us in the pre-show saying, okay, let's throw some subjects out, and we made it work. So, we're improv, baby. Maybe and, that, uh, that, that could it. be
1: that could be a slogan, Ford, Maryland. We do it on the fly. <laughs> Make that happen, Captain. God, who's who's been watching this for forty minutes, and then they finally saw that. Oh, that's horrific. Well, for Steve Hunt, my name is Bill Woodcock. Next week, we are planning to have. Guess I should put that disclaimer on. Uh, unaffiliated write-in candidate for Cecil County Executive Phyllis Kilby. So uh, until then, for Steve, I'm Bill. You've been watching or listening to
0: Forward Maryland. Have a great weekend, everybody. Take care.